Amen. Our, our Lord is worthy of praise, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited to do that this year uh, with you as a church family, and I, I'm looking forward to all that God's going to do. Uh, I am reminded uh, frequently these days that uh, two years ago, almost, uh, we decided that we were going to create some space for our neighbors, people who are not here yet, uh, because that's the reason the church exists. The church exists for those who are not here yet. And as we thought about that and prayed about that, uh, we did a lot of things. Uh, COVID, uh, as hard as it has been, was a blessing in a number of ways. It enabled us to remodel our sanctuary, enabled us to move quickly and build a parking lot. So all of you have a close place to park uh, out there. And as we come up on the two-year anniversary of that Prepare the Way capital campaign that uh, many of you know about. Uh, I'm looking forward to us taking the next steps in that and building our commons welcome area so that we actually have a front door to our church. Uh, and it's right off that parking lot and extension out here to give us a little bigger foyer. Uh, and I, I'm thrilled uh, what, of what God's going to do through that. And he's calling us uh, today uh, to go and be on mission, to be the disciple-making missionaries uh, that he's called us to be so that we can go into the world, uh, into those hard places, into our school, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, and, and build those relationships and friendships with people uh, that, that need to know about the hope of Christ. And, and so I want to encourage you as we launch this new year, as we think about this series called Let's Go, uh, kind of my word of the year is go, even though we're not really... Uh, fitting a lot of attention on that, uh, but that we would go and be, re be ready to go and all of who we are would be ready to go. And uh, have you ever thought about when you want to go and do something, uh, particularly maybe a sports or a strenuous activity, maybe working in the yard or whatever, and, and your mind says, this is what you can do. And your body says something else. That, oh, I, I, I've got this. I, I can still hit it out of the park. I can still run a 4440, which I never could anyway. But, um, you know, I, I can hit the B button and the L button at the same time quickly so that on Smash Brothers, I win every time, whatever it takes, that I still have that ambidextrous ability with my fingers. Sometimes uh, what we think we can do and what our body says we can do are different. But the beauty of the scripture is that God is concerned about all of us, all of who we are, and he wants all of us, mind, uh, body, spirit, moving in the same direction, uh, moving with him uh, along the path that he's created for us. He wants us going uh, in the right direction. And the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon, the wisest person to ever live, uh, gives great uh, insight for us on how to make that happen, how to have all of us, all of who I am, going in the right direction toward my heavenly Father, going the right direction towards us as, as a New Testament uh, people, going in the direction that Christ has laid out for us. And so if you've got a Bible today, I want to invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at the end of that proverb, uh, beginning in verse 20 uh, through 27. And as we do that, as you turn there, I want to thank you uh, over and over again. Uh, I gave a big call uh, the last few weeks of the, of the year of 2021 uh, for us to give over generously and, and a huge amount. Uh, and I, I 
gave out a crazy big number for us to give. And uh, I want to thank you because we, we got this close to my big number uh, of, of what uh, I wanted us to achieve for, for the end of the year giving, uh, all that last minute giving to the church. Um, and so I just want to thank you for your generosity, your continued generosity. Uh, and as we move into 2022, I'm going to ask you to continue to be faithful in your giving uh, to the local church uh, as we seek uh, the good of the city, as we seek uh, to make much of Jesus, as we seek uh, to be disciple-making missionaries who transform our community with the gospel. And, and so in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon is writing um, as if he's writing to his son, and he says this in verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The Bible is full of examples and metaphors that have to do with our body, our physical body, and this is just one of them. Um, and in this case, uh, Solomon is, is talking about our eyes, that they would stay fixed on the right teaching, that we would look at the right things of what God has for us, that our feet would stay on the right path and not swerve and not, be, uh, not succumb to evil, that our mouth and our lips would shun any twisted words that we may be tempted to say, that our heart above all would be guarded with sound doctrine, that we would know the truth in our heart, and because it's the wellspring of life, that we would have life and life abundant, and that our ears, that we would have listening ears to the Father, that would always be paying attention to the things that God said more so than what the world says and what others say, that we would listen intently to our Father. And as I, I think about these aspects of, of our body, our physical body, and how they're a metaphor for our walk with God, how we sustain life, how we live a life in the right direction, how we live a life of going, I think about that very first thing, be attentive to my words, incline your ear. Uh, we don't speak like that a lot, incline your ear to me. We don't talk like that today. We say, listen up. I need you to listen with your face. I need to see your eyeballs. That way your ears will also be listening. We, we want you to lean in so that we can hear the things of God. So that we can hear clearly what he is saying. So that our life doesn't swerve to the left or to the right because we're listening to the wrong things. 
And so as you and I consider our lives, as we consider what we listen to and what we hear, let me remind you that as you're listening to the voice of God, as you're listening to what God has for you in this new year, as you think about going forward in your faith, remember that God will never tell you something that contradicts his word. I get a lot of folks that over the course of my ministry, well, you know, I prayed about it. And I just think God wants me to do this, which is the complete opposite thing that God would want them to do because it's completely against what his word says. And so remember that if you're listening to God, he's never going to tell you to do something that is contrary to his word. Listen to the right voice because there are a lot of voices in our world because that right voice is often the softest and the simplest, it's the quietest voice. It's the one that whispers through all the noise around us. And so incline your ear to hear so that you know the right way to go, so that you can hear from him on which way you should go. And as you're listening to the voice of God, then look, pay attention, Keep your sight, see the things that are right before you. What am I fixing my attention on? Really is the question that, that Solomon is trying to get, get his son to realize that what, what are you fixing your attention on? What is consuming your time, your energy, your vision? What's consuming that? Is your sight focused on God honoring matters? What, what's in the view of your life? For most of us, this is our view. Every Sunday, I get my screen time update. You might get yours too. It tells me where my vision is, how many hours my vision has been focused on this. And so do we think about where my sight is? Am I looking for things because I'm listening and hearing from God. And so if I'm listening and hearing from God, then I'm going to see new things and different things that perhaps I wasn't paying attention to before. And so are you looking to see where God is working and moving? That's what Solomon is getting at here, is that if you and I are listening, if we're attentive to what God is saying, then our eyes are going to be lifted up and we're going to see where God is working. We're going to see where we need to go. Because we've heard from him. We've heard from him. And then he does something kind of strange here. Because he says, For they are life to those who find him and healing to all of us. Keep your heart with all vigilance. He, he takes two external parts of our body, our eyes that all of us can see our eyes and our ears, and then he turns it inward to a part of the body that we cannot see. So if you're listening to the right voice and you're seeing where he's moving, then you'll know where to go, but that's not, that doesn't start with your eyes and your ears. No, that starts with your heart. Because the heart is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the wellspring of life. The things of God start from within. The the wisdom that he instills in your heart. God is more concerned about the internal part of you than the external. Because he knows that if he gets your heart 
And I don't mean your physical pumping heart. I mean your soul. Then your eyes and your ears and your feet will go in the right direction. And so he tells us to guard our heart. To guard our heart because it's the wellspring of life. I'm always amazed at, at Scripture and, and, and how we can look at, I can look at something and, and find one thing and somebody else can look at, look at it and be a different, different interpretation and, and get a little different application. This morning, as Ben already mentioned, we were back in the choir room and he said, you know what, we're, we're bad at guarding our own hearts. We don't do a good job of guarding our hearts. And if you don't believe me, think back to that high school romance you had where you were in puppy love with her or him. And, and you just went over the top as a 16-year-old and then she crushed you. Or he. <laughs> right? That's, that's, we don't do a good job of guarding our heart. We don't. We, we need God to guard our heart. And, and when I think about guarding our heart, I, again, this is just because I guess I'm strange, but I think about this concept of guarding my heart, it brings to mind capture the flag for me. Because capture the flag is an amazing, awesome game. Sort of back to my original opening statement, your body doesn't always follow your mind and athletic ability and things. But you know capture the flag, right? There's two teams. You each have a flag. One team has their flag here. The other team, you know, across the field, you know, through the woods, whatever. And, and, and you have to protect the flag. At the same time, you've got to go take their flag. And so there's some strategy behind that. Some teams are like all about offense. And they send everybody but one poor guy <laughs> to just ambush the other team. But the smart teams, they don't do that. No, the smart teams get the big guys, those with the protective spirit. We know who those are. They're, they're protective spirit. They will lose life and limb over that $2 flag. At all costs, they're going to protect that flag. And you got the speedy boy or girl that you send off. Okay, you got to avoid all these other people. Come on, you're fast. You do it. And we, you send the fast kids to go take, and you send the protectors. You keep the protectors back. That's what we need. We need to ask God to protect our hearts. I need him who is the greatest protector of all, perfect and holy and right and true. Because I don't want death coming from my heart. The scripture says it's the wellspring of life. The wellspring of life. I don't want a dried up, dead heart. Because if that happens, then my speech, my sight, my listening, everything about me is going to be dead. It'll be crooked. It'll be off the path. It'll be evil. It'll be harmful. And so Solomon is helping us here as you and I walk on this journey of faith. He's reminding us that our heart, our heart is what matters the most. It is the wellspring of life. So ask the Lord to guard your heart, protect it because it is the source of life. 
It will determine what you see, say, and do. And if you and I haven't protected our heart, if we haven't filled our heart with the things of God, then what we say won't bring honor to him. Just think about the last time you hit your finger with a hammer. Or you spilled your drink in the car. How was the wellspring of life in that moment? (laughs) But that's what Solomon's getting at. This whole idea of crooked speech. And, and, and we dismiss it sometimes. We, we, we ignore it. We, we say, oh, that's just how it is. But no, the Lord wants us to speak words of life that are straight, not crooked. Because what's in your heart will pour forth from your lips. And oftentimes we dismiss language. We dismiss it. We dismiss language in songs We dismiss language in the locker room. We dismiss language among our friends. We dismiss it as, oh, no big deal. But how we speak is a reflection of the life that we have in our heart. They're not just words. And so Solomon is telling us, you need to eliminate those flippant comments, the negative speech, the backhanded compliments. The constant need to promote yourself, usually at the expense of somebody else. You need to eliminate the mostly true statements, the profanity. Because most things that are crooked are not good. Many of you parents in the room have spent thousands of dollars to help your children have straight teeth. And your parents might have spent thousands of dollars on you so that you could have straight teeth because nobody likes crooked teeth. Just look at the British. Like those poor guys. I, I feel sorry for people in England. I do. I feel sorry for them. They have bad teeth. But we don't like crooked teeth. We don't like crooked spines either, right? That's called scoliosis. We, we, things that are crooked... We want to fix them, to change them, to make them straight. And the Lord, as he thinks about our movement with him, the going. Let me challenge you, church family, that what pours out of your heart and is revealed through your mouth, that will be the thing that will take you far in your faith or it will cause you to trip all the time. And Solomon wants to help us. The Lord wants us to to see so that we would have a straight path because our words do reflect our heart. And, And this wellspring of life that's within us should help us focus our attention. If, if we have a heart turned to God, if we have a heart turned to God, not because we're good, not because we've been to church a bunch, not because we read the Bible occasionally. No, we have a heart turned to God because Jesus Christ died for our sins and we've received him by faith. That's the only way you have a heart turned to God is by receiving Jesus Christ by faith that he paid the penalty of your sin. He changed your dead heart and he brought life to it. 
And we receive that by faith. And if that is the life that we live, then let us focus our attention on him. Let us see the way to go. Let our eyes, as he repeats that idea of vision, see the path that God wants for you. And you know how you see the path that God wants for you? You surrender to him. You say, Lord, I'm listening. I'm ready. I'm available. I'm watching. And so I want to look for the path that you have me. Have me. You would have me to go on. I'm paying attention. I'm leaning in. Because God's going to open doors and close doors all the time along the path. And sometimes we get frustrated by that because it's not the door we want opened or the path that we would naturally take. But every path he leads you down is a path that gives you an opportunity to glorify his name, to honor him in front of others, to be a testimony of his grace and goodness, to show others that even when heartache and difficulty come, even when great things are happening, I can give honor to the one who led me down this path. And so you and I need to seek the path that he is on. We need to pay attention to the path. Many of you know that I'm height challenged. <laughs> and a few years ago, I was in El Salvador on a mission trip. And we were at a resort uh, there. And it had a lot of trails kind of through the, re- through the resort. And all of us would end up in the office like the check-in office at the resort because that's the only place that we had Wi-Fi. And so we'd all congregate in this little small office building, but on the way there, there's a beautiful path lined by these, you know, palm trees and banana trees, all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm walking, and I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's at night, I'm walking, and all of a sudden, bam, I ran into a bell, an iron bell, I didn't fall down, but I almost did. It cut my forehead, which you know, I don't have much there to protect. And, and I got woozy. The bell didn't ring, but my bell got rung. Um, and my friends, uh, they hadn't been reading uh, Proverbs. They all made fun of me. But I, but I think about that instance. about how when I walk and when you walk wherever you go in real life, down a grocery store aisle, around campus here, at work, in your own home, how often we don't pay attention. How often we're not really looking where we're going. And often when we don't look where we're going, bad things happen. And God is trying to show us in a, in a very real kind of way using this metaphor of the body that we need to have the vision to see where God is taking us. We need to have our eyes focused on him and the path that he has for us. And as I walk along that path, I want my head lifted up, my eyes straight ahead because I don't want to go left or right I don't want to swerve. I want to keep my foot from evil. I, I'm not going to be like some of us, including me, who um, 
drive while trying to eat to go. And when I was younger, I had a standard shift car. And so trying to shift gears, eat French fries, and stay in my lane was quite exciting. No, I want to stay straight. And so for me to stay straight, I have to be looking. I have to be listening. I have to have my heart softened by my heavenly father. And I need to lean into him so I know where to go. Because God has a path for each of us and he wants you to go. And so turn that sight into action. Because God wants you to go. And go in a mighty way, a big way. So that others will see. They will see his goodness and his grace. They will see that he takes care of us, that he meets every need. They will see that even when life is challenging and difficult, we have life pouring forth from us. Let's not see the path and watch others go. May we go with a vision, with sight, with ears, with eyes to see by faith, the great things he has in store for us this year. And so let's go. Will you pray with me?